Welcome to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast, hosted by award-winning television director, documentary filmmaker, author, and speaker, Craig D. Forrest. Join Craig for the next few minutes as he interviews leaders, artists, and creatives about trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Matchstick Media International. Now, here's Craig. Great and talented film distributor and executive and producer, Brian Kelly, is with us today. Thank you, Brian, for being part of the podcast. Thank you, Craig. Now, you have a number of things, Brian, that are in the works. Uh, talk about that a little bit. And also, you have, you have very soon a film coming out, Let Me Have My Son. I'll let you pick which side of the coin you want to talk about. Maybe you want to talk about Let Me Have My Son uh, right off the start. Yeah, let me do that then. Let Me Have My Son is a project um, that I've been involved with for, for many years with my dear friend and very gifted uh, director, writer, uh, Cristobal Cruzen, who's also been on your podcast. People can look in the, I guess, in the archives and listen to what he's had to say in the past. We're releasing this on the uh, 24th of May. Uh, it's a film that has quite a lot to do with a father looking for his son and the issue of mental illness with specificity related to schizophrenia. So the 24th of May is also schizophrenia, a National Schizophrenia Day, which wow. is in the middle of um, May, which is a uh, mental health uh, month. Um, so we've decided to release it then. Um, it will be released in limited theaters and um, online. And details will be coming out about that uh, soon. We haven't released that information quite yet, but we can release the release date, which is 24, 24 May. We're very excited about that. Very it's good. It's a beautiful film. Uh, it will touch people's lives. Uh, will make people yeah, f find hope in what seems to be a hopeless situation. So that's, uh, it, yeah. It's a wonderful, beautiful film. It's a little bit bittersweet because people who suffer from mental illness, you know, things aren't great. It's not a documentary. Mm -hmm. It's a film, um, but it's based upon a real life um, love and situation between Cristobal and his son, who is uh, institutionalized. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the film, there's real life um, filming between Cristobal and his son, and okay. it's uh, it's heartwarming. So, stay tuned for that in May. Very, very good. Um, if I remember right, I've read Chris, Chris is a friend of, of both Brian and I, a close friend of, of both of us, and um, I believe from some of Chris's um, blurbs and uh, uploads that you've released this just released let me have my son to some film festivals right yes and we we've gotten um good mention in fact we're in the running for the best film and best actor in the benelux international film festival <clears throat> uh which if i remember is going to be announced i think in beginning of april I, i'm not entirely sure of the date but um yeah so we're releasing that in limited film festivals as well, because you know one of the one of the tricks about releases is film festivals happen once a year, and um, sometimes 
the release dates of a film don't match exactly with film festivals as well. But this is great. The people who have seen the film love it and want it to be seen by more people. So we're excited about that. And one of the, to all of you that have short films and documentaries, uh, even student films, which are a great way to get started, usually very cheap. I, I, when I got my master's degree, we decided to skip a class for a semester or take a class where we made a film. And, and my friend Jeff, who had 40 years of experience, and I have 40 years of experience, decided to do a film on silent cinema and the sound, uh, the orchestras and all the different sound groups that uh, would augment what you saw in films up on the screen in the silent era. It's very inexpensive, usually, to send out a student film to a film festival. It can either be free it can be $10, $15, $20, $25. Very rarely is it more than that. But what you don't want to do is, I call it carpet bombing. You don't want to take, uh, it's called Film Freeway, I believe it's called. Am I right on that, Brian, Film Freeway? Yes, that's the best uh, site to use, filmfreeway.com. Yeah, it used to be back in the in, in my day without a box, but they, they've gone out of business. You, you would have literally all your information on without a box. Now it's film freeway and you don't have to send out DVDs anymore. You just have a link and you uh, apply to all these film festivals and then you pay, pay your fee if there is one and uh, they screen it and they consider in student categories, whether you're going to get into the festival or be in the competition for something, depending on it's five minutes, it's 25 minutes, whatever. Uh, but you don't want to apply to a thousand film festivals. Isn't that right, Brian? You want to really, strategize where you want your project to land yeah yeah you want to you want to be um careful about what you do not only for cost reasons but because you uh you want to target your film properly and it's a really good idea and it's hard work to say what is your target audience for a film and each film festival has a target audience and you yeah you need to make determinations upon first of all, the target audience of a film festival, and then the um, importance of a film festival in that given category. And thirdly, as I just alluded to earlier, it might be that if you're releasing something in May and the film festival you know, happens in January, it's not going to work for you. So you, you have to calendarize it as well. Um, mm -hmm. But having said that, especially for short films, the, the best way to promote it is through film festivals just because it's really really hard to market a film a short film that's a one-off um any other way right and if you start getting some good word of mouth and some good accolades you know finalists for this festival or one best for this it begins to build a little bit and i think that's partly what you're trying to do with let me have my son yes yes and um yeah, exactly. And another thing is that the traditional way of marketing films and movies has collapsed. Um, it was on its way towards doing that. And then COVID came in and accelerated it. So the old way of doing things, you know, we had sales agents and um, distributors and all these middle people who were doing the work that, you know, they used to do that, that quite honestly, isn't happening anymore. So anybody who is interested in making a film has to take responsibility for marketing and distributing the film themselves at the beginning. And if I could say one thing 
in, as my job as a distributor first and a producer later, take responsibility for letting people know about your film and your brand and everything. Um, don't assume that somebody else is ever going to think your project is as important as it is to you. It's never going to happen. And it's going to happen less now than it did five years ago. Mm -hmm. So whatever you can do to get your film out there with social media, with uh, letting people know grassroots stuff, that is much more important than it has ever been in the past. It's not a, it's not a thing that people can say I'm too old or, I'm not gifted in this. If you don't add this to your palette of information, your film won't be a success. So unfortunately, that is the reality. Maybe unfortunately, maybe it's good, you know, because it democratizes, it makes it more democratic um, for indie producers to reach people. You know, we don't have to rely on other people to be our gatekeepers anymore, but it does mean we have to do a lot more work. So there's that. Let me put together a couple of your thoughts and I'll let you respond to it. Really, you started off wisely saying, what's your audience? And then you've just said now, take ownership of your marketing and your distribution plan. So what I do sometimes, I don't, not so much because I don't do feature films, but I do uh, documentaries and TV shows, is start with all the way at the back, who's your audience, and then work to the front. And who's going to see it? How are you going to distribute it? So can you talk about that a little bit? Don't just have your idea and move forward, but have not only your idea, but have your audience and work backwards. And that's exactly my point. Thank you for um, making that so succinct. I actually have a, a trick, or maybe a trick is the wrong word, but a, a tool that I use. It's whenever I'm involved in a new project, I always try to create... Um, not a target audience, but a target person, an individual. Let's call him John. Yeah. I say my target audience is John. And maybe I maybe I have John and Joan. Yeah, maybe it's people of two sexes, but John. John is 35 years old. He loves to watch football. He is allergic to spicy food. He spends his time uh, whenever he's free hiking and walking his dog and you, you get the idea I, I try to write down as detailed a description of this one individual as possible and by the way it might be when you make a film you're thinking to yourself i know a person i know an actual individual for whom this film i or documentary or tv show whatever i want to make it for for this guy describe in great detail almost um embarrassingly so the details of the person you're trying to reach or the persons, you know, if you have a John and a Joan. People, and a lot of people can't get over that hump, can they? They can't because I, I mentioned earlier in my talk when people say, who do you want to reach? And they say, everybody. That makes me gag because that means you're going to reach nobody. If you're, you know, if, if your target is so broad, you're never going to hit it or you can never define if it was hit. Uh, the better you can define your target, the easier it is for you to reach it. And by the way, the added benefit to this is you'll reach many, many more people than that one target by being specific and determinate about what it is that you're trying to do. So um, for anybody who's producing, I would say start with the end in mind. And the end is not finishing the film. The end is having people see your film. 
Yeah, and that's the responsibility that we as producers have to have now. We are not done when the film is done. We are done when the film is seen. And if that is not part of your planning process from the beginning, you are not doing what Jesus said when he said, the person who says, um, I want to build a tower and doesn't count the cost um, is making a mistake. When we make a film, part of the cost of building this tower is making sure that it gets seen by people. Otherwise, why are we making it, right? Right, right. What is the point of making something that nobody's going to see? And look at all the I, effort, and all, look at all the effort you put into it for a project that never got seen. And not only that, but it's wasted resources of, of precious resources that could be used much better. So mm -hmm. if it's a vanity project, um, you know, sorry, what's what's the point? I, I just don't get it. Yeah. Okay. Now, the, what's really changed, and I don't think it's changed as much as people thought, because of COVID there is a good chance that your project would be better not for in a theater, but for streaming. But streaming has gotten tricky too. And please talk about that because all of these streaming channels, uh, they need content, of course, but they are also very choosy as to what they uh, say yes to. And the money isn't what you, I've said to other uh, directors and producers, if you're depending on streaming, the money from streaming, to pay for your project, uh, that's probably not going to happen. It'll be a portion, but um, don't don't think that they're just going to hand you a check for half a million dollars, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's even more so, that's more true now than it was even six months ago. If mm -hmm. you look at what's the crashes that have been happening. With it it, it changed. Places. Everyone thought streaming was going to be the new exhibition. And it is to an extent, but not as big because it's it's flattened out. Yeah, well, it, it is the, the way to go. The problem is it's not going to um, give the returns that people think if they're relying on somebody else to do the work for them. My suggestion to everybody at the beginning is whatever you can do to own your project, you should do. You should never be giving away um, the rights or the, the leverage to your title to anybody else. For instance, I would say, there, there are a lot of people that I know, a lot of Christian producers, their main focus on producing, on promoting their stuff is through Facebook. And so many people don't even have their own URL, their own webpage. Their webpage is owned basically by Facebook, which can take away access at any time. My very first suggestion to people who are producing something new is own your brand, own your Mark, you can do whatever you want with it afterwards. But if some third party can take away access to you, and that was what you were basing your, your whole life on, whether it's Amazon or Netflix or Facebook or Google, anybody else, if that's what you're using to promote your stuff because you think it's the easiest way to do it, you're wrong. You should not do that. Um, and it I'm, doesn't I'm really adamant yeah. about this you know it's it's uh it's like for me the the first rule about marketing own your brand and i would say the very first thing to do is if your title is i love to share the world's information then you need to buy i love to share the world's information.com.org.name i mean own it yeah 
yeah. create that thing so that nobody else can have access to that but you. And you can point that stuff anywhere you want afterwards. But mm -hmm. your promotion always goes to the stuff you own and never to the secondary uh, people who are only benefiting from, uh, sorry, your stupidity by giving them that information. Right. Um, it doesn't cost, and Brian's going to say amen to this, it doesn't cost very much money to go to godaddy.com if that's the place you want to go and to purchase for anywhere from 11 to $20, sometimes less, sometimes a little more. All of these different names, and then you, you own them. Uh, and different ways of saying it. And they all lead to the same website. So somebody says, uh, I would love to tell the story, film.com. It still leads to the same website. And to create a, a simple website, it's not that hard. It really isn't. Even if it's just the first landing page and then somebody uh, that you trust and don't have your cousin do it. Have somebody that knows what they're doing. <laughs> so I, I say that in churches all the time. I, I will say, uh, you need to get a website. And they go, we don't have a website. And I said, you're a church? You don't have a website? No. I said, get a website. Why? It's, it's because while you're asleep, 24 hours a day, people are going past your website, landing on your website that leads to your church, leads to your ministry. And don't have your nephew or your cousin do it uh, just because it was free. And they will just start laughing. I go, don't do it. Find somebody that's good and let them do it and pay them. You will thank yourself later. What a great time talking to Brian Kelly about film and creativity and distribution. Hope you join us for the next episode on the podcast. We'll pick up where we left off. You've been listening to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast with Craig D. Forrest, brought to you by Matchstick Media International, dedicated to excellence in media through inspiration, vision, and education. To learn more, visit us on the web at matchstickmedia.org. That's matchstickmedia.org. Your generous donations, large or small, help defray costs for producing this creative podcast. Thanks for listening and subscribing.